0: What happens when a family of five begins to experience weird phenomena in their suburban home? Furniture moving on its own, strange noises, and some sort of spirit in their television. When the spirits become malevolent and take little Carol Ann into their world through a portal, the Freeling family abandons reason and enlists the help of paranormal experts to somehow get their daughter back. From the brains behind Jaws and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, our topic today is the 1982 ghost story classic Poltergeist. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And you're listening to Filmgasm. What? It's Wednesday already? And it's October? Oh, hell yeah. Our favorite time of the year. When it becomes socially acceptable to dunk your entire body in the horror pool for an entire month. Can't wait to get... Fucking drenched in horror this month. Certainly going to have a massive poltergasm today. Poltergasm. (laughs) That's a new one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We hope you had fun listening to last week's Joker extravaganza. Hell, yeah. We certainly had a great time putting it together, and you can look for our upcoming bonus on the new film Joker sometime next week after we see it in theaters this weekend. Cannot wait for this
1: film. Very excited. This is like the most anticipated film of the fall. (laughs) It's already happening. I cannot wait.
0: I get the feeling it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, Todd Phillips. I mean, people. You know, this is the guy who made the Hangover, and uh, I can't wait. It's the whole whole new territory for this guy. Whole new territory for us as fans. Can't <laughs> fucking wait. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. And to bet your ass, it's gonna be a real fun uh, bonus, no matter what happens.
0: Oh yeah, we're either gonna be ranting about a fantastic movie, yeah. or super pissed that it already, wasn't yeah, one. Yeah, I, I will not be down <laughs> the middle. I will not be. Down.
1: <laughs> no, I'm already committed to one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And for our October Weird Shit Wednesday,
0: we wanted to celebrate the life and career of someone whose very name oozes horror. Someone who helped shape the genre into what it is today. And that someone is Vincent Price. Ah, I can't wait. The horror icon who took up the mantle from Bela Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr., and Boris Karloff, and became the face of the horror genre throughout the 1950s and early 1960s. We'll go into the films that most fans consider his greatest, including House of Wax, The Fly... The Last Man on Earth, The Abominable Dr. Fibes, and House on Haunted Hill, among others. A great subject to cap off our first
1: October. Exactly. First October uh, here for the podcast for Filmgasm as we are going strong here. And this is going to be really fun to kind of dive back into, like you said, the 50s and 60s. Classic horror. Really, really stretch our minds and uh, hopefully stretch yours as well. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Vincent Price. I'm Can't. super excited so many things I haven't seen I cannot wait oh me too well, I'm gonna start digging in because you know these things yeah. fucking catch up to, to <laughs> us gotta keep watching make sure I see everything So I've only seen The Fly going in same yeah alright <laughs> this is gonna be fun great we both know the name very well of course Yeah. and there's probably some some things I've seen in him in that I don't know I've seen the, th- the Thriller he's music video he uh, yeah. 150 acting credits so I don't know I've seen the Thriller music video that's oh yeah like, of course I've seen it <laughs> plenty of times <laughs> but I think it's overrated uh. (laughs) (laughs) we (laughs) don't have that uh, kind of time (laughs) yeah anyway uh, move on move on move on go go go
0: (laughs) so before we get into Poltergeist I got a beefy rewind for you guys yeah yeah I've got personal updates on The Hitcher It and Creepshow let's go buckle up first of all I watched the 2007 remake of The Hitcher starring Sean Bean as John Ryder and it was exactly as bad as I figured it was going to (laughs) be IMDb score of 5.6, Rotten Tomato score of 21%, Oh. and I would say both of those are accurate. Oh Wow, somewhere in the middle of those? Like a 3, 4? I give it a 6, because Bean was good, but he was not Rutger Hauer good. And there were other problems, too. The fact that other than there being two victims he's stalking now, it's a carbon copy. It's the same movie. Oh, no. It's Psycho, it's uh, same oh, deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And... Sean Bean just doesn't have that same level of menace, and this is not a movie you can really do
1: in the age of cell phones. That that's a good call. Yeah, that's a good call. That happens a lot with yeah with with horror. Uh, horror is so good if you don't have yeah if you don't have the phones. Because in the original Hitcher, he's trapped with this guy. There's no way to get out of this. Yeah,
0: and in the new that's one, a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways they could have escaped from this guy in the new movie. And you got Neil McDonough who I usually really like mm-hmm. playing the most over-the-top ridiculous cowboy sheriff dude. For sure as hell. And it's annoying as hell. It's, yeah, this was j- just a disaster. But, you know, I wanted to watch it so I could talk about
1: it here, but, Well, yeah. it's always good to have those. Just have those in your back pocket uh, to know the difference between the two. Yeah. The original and remakes. Big so time. For sure. And the original takes it. Absolutely. Oh, geez, Louise. Rucker Hauer? Fuck yes. Ah. Not that- even close. That was a good episode, good film, guys. Episode, mm-hmm. picture, killer.
0: Next up, I found out something pretty cool about one of the monsters in 2017's It. Oh, feed me. Here we go. <laughs> Director Andy Muschietti grew up with a painting by Amadeo Modigliani in his house. It was a painting of a slender woman with a long neck and a thin oh, head. Oh no! Does that sound familiar?
1: <laughs> oh
0: no! This image haunted him as a child. And became the basis for not only the flute painting that attacks Stan and it, but also the creature in his debut film Mama. Ugh. That painting gave us both of those. <laughs> Ooh. And I looked up some of this Christ. guy's work and it all
1: looks like that. Yeah. It's uh, frightening. It's incredibly creepy. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's a good tidbit right there. Yeah. Ooh. Jesus. It's all about you know, you write what you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what 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 hurts you and harms you and scares <laughs> you and makes you freak out so yeah it's gonna translate the best for sure <laughs> oof
0: and finally the first episode of Creep Show premiered this past week on the horror streaming service Shudder it was a great start to what I'm sure is gonna be a kick-ass horror series the format's gonna be two horror stories per episode with the debut featuring the classic Stephen King short Grey Matter starring Tobin Bell Giancarlo Esposito and Adrian Barbeau oh yeah so fucking great yeah, Gray Matter was fantastic.
1: I'll check it out for sure.
0: One of his creepiest stories and one of the best adaptations of it. That's really cool. The of si- course, yeah. Of course, we love Giancarlo. Great start.
1: Yeah, that's really cool.
0: The second was the House of the Head, which I thought was okay, but not as great as the first story. I'm not gonna go into details, just in case there's listeners who want to check this out for sure. Yeah, which I recommend. It's gonna be good. I subscribe to Shudder just to watch it, and it's a neat service for horror fans. If yeah. you're a horror fan, you should you should get Shudder.
1: Yeah, Shudder is one of those things yeah. that yeah, it's just kind of yeah. An unwritten rule that you you gotta you gotta have that. It's
0: not a paid promotion, but you should check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe
1: one day. <laughs> you hear that? Shudder. <laughs> Put more movies on there. <clears> oh, <throat> <laughs> well, there it goes. Now we're not fucking getting it
0: <laughs> <sighs> So let's get into it. What? Um, you said that you it had been
1: a while since you saw Poltergeist. Long time. So like what, I don't even know how long to be honest. Years. So what were your initial thoughts revisiting it? Revisiting, it, I was really, really excited. I told you I, I I didn't own it, so I just bought it, bought it on DVD because uh, it's one of those that should be in my should be in my my catalog, my personal catalog. Yeah, it is the it's just like I remembered. It's the the preeminent haunted house, like scary. We're all trapped in this suburban home, white American family in the eighties. The preeminent movie of that of that. It's the best of that the paranormal shit going on. It's it's awesome. Everything hits. Uh, it's like. It's like the Beatles, man. It's just simple. It just fucking works, though. It's just... It's perfect. It doesn't... There's no beats missed, you know? Uh, it hits every note. Love it. Uh, I'm so glad we did it. I think this is, like, a, one of those that you can't dislike. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not even like, oh, what's your opinion? It's like, this is just a classic. Yeah. You know? You know? What it's, about you? I know this is one of your, like, kind of... Oh, yeah. Like, this has been something that you have... This seen is one of love. my favorite ghost stories.
0: And I find something to be creeped out by... Something new every single time I watch this. Mm-hmm. I get freaked out every time. Yeah, man. There's yeah. scenes in this that are so disturbing.
1: Creepy so creepy as hell. And it is, they look just, good, man. It's great. It holds up. It the Carol Ann getting sucked into the closet. It dude, looks the, good. The dude. fucking tree. Yeah, like it, it's yeah, crazy. It looks, it looks really. It looks great. <laughs> that's that's my man. Watching it, I was like, this is a fucking blast. Like I I really really. Really wish people would take some notes out of it. The, the, the practicality of the scares and the realism of these scares in this movie are are, are top-notch, man. It's yeah. really good. Really really great stuff. It's so. all
0: about... I am a firm believer in less is more. And with Poltergeist, it's really all about just subtle things until shit gets escalated to the nth degree. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: less, the less is more philosophy, um, you know, a guy comes to mind, Steven Spielberg, of course, the guy who... Had his hand in this movie. Personally, I we both think he directed it. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there's just too much going on in Poltergeist that is like that's yeah, that's, that's Spielberg's like exact formula of like what he does in movies, or you exactly what you said, Connor is less is more. Yeah, fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Poltergeist was quote unquote directed. By Toby Hooper, he was no, yeah,
0: famous for also directing the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in nineteen seventy four. He's a horror icon who gave us two incredible horror classics, but not much else, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he died in twenty seventeen at age seventy four of natural causes. But I mean, his just those two films alone, his legacy is going to be lasting forever. Yeah,
1: really. If you just had one of them, so
0: the movie was written by legendary director Steven Spielberg, whose achievements and famous films we covered in the Jaws episode. Oh, yeah. In fact, this was one of two films that came from a screenplay Spielberg had written called Night Skies, which he wrote after Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Having just done a nice alien story, he wanted to do a dark one. In Night Skies, a suburban family was terrorized by vicious alien visitors. He even had Toby Hooper in mind to direct. He instead decided to take the otherworldly visitor angle and the alien angle and split them in two. One of these films was Poltergeist, and the other was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. We have a bonus in mind for that film, which we'll discuss at the end. Oh, yeah. But how crazy is that? that you can take a f- screenplay and split it into a fantastic horror film and one of the most celebrated family films Yeah. Of time?
1: Uh, what? time. Uh, only Spielberg, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Literally, only Spielberg can do such a thing. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> So, while Hooper is credited with directing
0: Poltergeist, it's widely believed that Spielberg shadowed every aspect of production,
1: effectively making
0: it his movie
1: entirely. Yeah, yeah there's tons yeah. of yeah. tons of people who said that, like, Toby was nowhere to be seen on set half the time, no. that Spielberg was the guy who was walking around telling people, hey, you should stand over there, stand yeah. over here, do this, do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty fascinating yeah. stuff. Toby's the guy whose name's on the marquee, but he didn't do shit.
0: here. Yeah. no. Cause you look at a movie like Texas Chainsaw and you look at Poltergeist and it is completely the like the skill involved is completely different.
1: It makes no sense. They, it they does not do look like it was no, the same thing. It doesn't man. make any sense. And again, the, the poltergeist is like it's Spielberg. It's like the definition of a Spielberg film. The the simplicity of it. It's yeah. like only he can do it, you know. And the reason he didn't do this is because or, you know, on paper, is because he had a
0: clause in his contract with Universal that prevented him from directing any other project while he was attached to E. T. Yeah. So he kind of just worked around that secretly, and he got in trouble with the Directors Guild over that. And there's still debate to this day whether or not he truly did it, or if it's just a legend. Let's be fucking honest.
1: Spielberg directed that movie. Yeah, I really don't... At this point, in 2019, there's not a lot of people who would be like, No, Toby did it, man. Yeah. Weirdly, there is a lot of people who still hold on to that why I don't know what's the point of that I was thinking I think I would think people are too lazy like what's the point of yeah. hanging on to that when it's like who cares I think now a lot of people is
0: like Toby's dead so it's you know they don't want to tarnish the you know the dead
1: yeah I don't know
0: but what's the worst that could happen let Spielberg pays like a $50 fine
1: if anything yeah yeah <laughs> I don't stupid. know
0: just admit it everyone will feel better
1: <laughs> yeah I mean his name's everywhere else anyway <laughs> produced by story by written by yeah so I don't know. Poltergeist stars Craig T. Nelson as
0: Steve Freeling. Oh, yes. Realtor and loving father. You may know Nelson from his role on ABC's Coach, which ran from 1989 to 1997. Or if you're over the age of 50. Under. Under, God damn it. Under, (laughs) You're under the age of 50. You may know him as the voice of Mr. Incredible in Pixar's The Incredibles and Incredibles 2. Or maybe the coach in Blades of Glory comes to mind. Uh, the man who killed Adrian Monk's wife in the series finale of Monk. Uh, that's all I got for Craig strong T. Nelson. call, man. I just watched that like mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago. C- great ending. Great show.
1: Not a dull episode. How'd you like that Tony Shaloub one at the Emmys? I was happy. Still I'm happy whenever he gets anything. Still going strong, he's yeah? He's man. Yeah, he's great. God bless. But, yeah, Craig T. Nelson, Great
0: pick. Good, does a fantastic job in this movie. Good everyman, good yeah. solid, reliable American father, good old
1: family guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's perfect.
0: And then uh, Joe Beth Williams plays Diane Freeling, loving mother. You may recognize Williams for her roles in The Big Chill and Kramer versus Kramer. She was nominated for one Oscar, though it was not for acting. She was nominated for Best Live Action Short Film for her 1994 short On Hope. Not a lot of you don't see that a lot.
1: <laughs> no. The
0: Freeing Children are Carol Ann played by the adorable Heather O'Rourke. Adorable is
1: one way to put it. She freaks the shit out of me. <laughs> the, <laughs> those bangs are like they're like they're like Jim Carrey's hair and uh, Lloyd Christmas's hair in dumb and dumb. <laughs> the perfect bowl freaks me out.
0: She did scare me. I just feel bad for her in this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's mean to put on her. Yeah, she's adorable. She, she is adorable. Yeah. Just but it, I, there yeah. are
0: lines that she delivers where I'm, I'm creeped out. I'm jeez, man. Yeah. Uh, there's Dana, played by Dominique Dunn, sister to American Werewolf in London star Griffin Dunn, and Robbie, played by Oliver Robbins. Oliver. <laughs> Dr. Lesh, the paranormal expert who agrees to help them, is played by Oscar winner Beatrice Strait, who won for her supporting role in 1976's Network. So good. Oh.
1: <laughs> Network, dude. Oh, my God. I haven't haven't seen it they don't make them like (laughs) that anymore
0: (laughs) she Mm. died in 2001 at age 86 of pneumonia finally the odd short squeaky voice psychic lady Tangina is played by Zelda Rubenstein oh dude who would appear in the two sequels as well yeah
1: rightly so she is weird (laughs) yeah I kind of forgot about that character a little bit uh, to be honest with you because I hadn't seen it in years I forgot how creepy that character is it's,
0: yeah, yeah dude, it's unnerving. That
1: voice. Can you do the voice? No, no. Played by Zelda. What a name, too, you know? Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. It's, that's a name. That's a character. Zel- Zelda Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Rubenstein. That's her middle name, the whole <laughs> phrase there? <laughs> Zelda Wind Waker Rubenstein. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. The film has an IMDb score of 7.3. Yeah. A Rotten Tomato score of 85%. There we go. It was a huge success, grossing 77 mil on a 10 mil budget, becoming the 8th highest grossing film of 1982. It was nominated for three Oscars, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Editing, and Best Original Score for Jerry Goldsmith, all three of which were taken by E.T.,
1: <coughs> which is kind of funny. Spielberg beat himself. Yeah. Basically. Must mm, That must <laughs> suck. Oh yeah! What a terrible problem to have to beat yourself at the Oscars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Crazy! Uh, it's like the Coen Brothers like losing to their alias.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so good, funny. So let's get into the story. Brad Pitt. You know, I don't think Ad Sandler is going to be up for it, but oh god, no. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a possibility that he could be. He up. could be
0: up twice. Yeah, that's no. pretty. That's pretty amazing.
1: It's if he's going to a... get anything, it's going to be for Cliff Booth. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I really think they're going to push the supporting. I really do. Yeah. I really think they're going to push so that they could both both be up and both have a chance at winning, <laughs> which is great.
0: Oh, can't
1: wait. Anyway, Poltergeist story. yeah.
0: S- Steve and Diane Freeling live in Orange County, California, in a community called Cuesta Verde, where Steven is a real estate developer. Diane looks after their kids, Dana, Robbie, and Carol Ann. One night, Carol Ann wakes up and starts talking to the TV. What? I don't know.
1: I don't know. That's creepy shit. It's very <laughs> unsettling. I don't know. Yeah. Shut up. Man, if I shared a room with her, I'd just <laughs> be throwing my shit at her like, stop it! <laughs> back in bed. Ugh. I don't
0: know. No. She's talking to the static in the TV because mm. back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, TV would just be over. At night They play the national anthem
1: And that concludes Our broadcast day And then you have snow Till the next morning So creepy Yeah In my opinion That that was like Yeah like Everybody's like We're going to shut off now Yeah Everybody go to bed We will be here When you wake up That is That's some Orwellian bullshit That's right that. I hate that Because my prime time hours Of like watching Are like Yeah Three in the morning Yeah Thank
0: god for cable
1: Oh <laughs> <God>. Seriously
0: <laughs> Ugh So H- HBO saved my life <laughs> So we get it's established that Carol Ann is seeing things in this house. Yeah, something's talking to her,
1: and it's such a ah man, it's such an easy, simple, you know, like plot device. It's just like, yep, we're gonna use that five year old, that really adorable girl. That's the yeah, that's that. It's gonna be like our host, you know? Yeah. And it just doesn't allow that from that point on. You're like, ah, damn it! The cutest character in the whole movie is like possessed already. Great, here we go. <laughs> Forces you, you have to watch now. I don't know, it's just perfect. Yeah, perfect. Very Spielberg. So the next night, uh, Carol Ann goes
0: back to the TV, stares at it, and then a ghostly hand comes out of the TV, and then an earthquake happens. Yeah, and it's great. And after the shaking's over, and Mom and Dad wake up, Carol Ann utters the iconic quote:
1: "They're here." Mm. Mm. <laughs> Without fail, chills every time. No matter what, yeah. <laughs> even when I hear someone say it. Yeah,
0: and then I think before that, uh, mom and dad are smoking weed in the bedroom. Yeah, dude, they're, they're like, fooling around. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: yeah. great. I always Spielberg's good at that shit too. He's gonna just like making it like just. Creating a family environment. Yeah. Like Jaws has so many great moments between the family that are like like that. He's just good at that. He's good, he at, is every- good at he's that. good
0: at everything. He knows people. He's good at writing people. Mm-hmm. I like that. He is. Not like, just, just characters just pe- people.
1: People. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Normal, real people. Like when they're fooling around and then the uh what Robbie's there and Perky Nelson stops and is like, Oh, what's up, champ? <laughs> 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 like, yeah. he was,
1: like, like he wasn't just about to That's great. To grab his mom's, like, tits. So weird. He's afraid of the storm. (laughs) Hey, champ. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Uh, great
0: I love that scene. (laughs) Classic. So the next day, uh, Mom asks Carol Ann, so uh, what did you mean by they're here? Who's here? And she says, the TV people. (laughs) Big red flag. Jesus, it's like these people have never seen a horror movie before. the TV people. God. The others. (laughs) What? That's in ah. Oh
1: my god. But I
0: have kids. If they ever say anything like that to me, we are moving out of the state. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of there Agreed. immediately. No imaginary friends. None of that bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god. One day your your daughter's going to have an imaginary friend and
1: of course, you you better pay attention to that shit. <laughs> Just in case. They're here. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, I go... If she says anything, like... I lose my mind, and it's, it's like, not even a big deal. Like, the people in the TV tell me to do things. Yeah, I was quoting the movie that you were watching. Oh, God. (laughs) My whole life, I'm, like, freaking out. My daughter is Carol Ann. What's going on?
0: So, while Mom's talking about that, a glass of milk breaks at the uh, breakfast table. I fucking hate milk.
1: (laughs) I really do. That's... All right, let's go here. Well, yeah, why, why do you hate milk? It's because it, it's used in movies always. <laughs> you know, for like we got Anton Sugar, we got Clock Orange. You know, we got this. I just don't like it. It's never a good sign. I also don't like the taste of it at all personally. So, anytime I see it on the screen, I'm like, if it's not for fucking Santa, then I don't. <laughs> it shouldn't be on the screen. <laughs> all right, that's passionate. All right,
0: yeah. So. Yeah, they're freaking out.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. It was that was just I did thing to say. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah, <laughs> you well, caught me off guard. I didn't know anyone who bring, if you, if anyone brought up milk, it just happened that you brought it up and I forgot. <laughs> I just I just said it. I should put it on a t shirt or something. I fucking hate milk. Don't ask me why. That's uh, uh, yeah. It's mostly because I think it's a disgusting drink. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah.
0: Well. <laughs> So, shit starts happening. Furniture's moving around, and it starts to be kind of, you know, harmless at first. If yeah. you could call ghosts moving shit around your house harmless. <laughs> but then it starts to get intense. And before that, we get one of my, probably my, the scene I think is the scariest in the movie where mom pushes all the chairs into the table, then yeah. she turns around to the kitchen, she comes back, and all the chairs are stacked on the table. Ugh. Whew! It's, it's, it's not even, yeah, it's not even like, boom, something's flying at you. It's just like, ha, ha, ha like. It's just there. <laughs> and it's it's like, in, like a two, three second gap. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. It's amazing. It's brilliant. <laughs> Filmmaking. Oh, it's brilliant. So that night, this tree that Robbie's afraid of in the backyard comes to life and grabs him through the window.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Oof. And tries to eat him. Yeah. This kid's getting eaten by a fucking tree awesome it really is uh, trees I, I never I never. do you ever have a tree like by your window like when you were a kid like where you could have that experience I didn't not by my window but my when, I, we, lived, when we lived in Maryland we had this
0: giant like 80 foot pine in mm. our backyard and I was there's always something off about it yeah just a tree shouldn't be that big in a yard
1: <laughs> no probably not
0: probably not it's freaky
1: unless you want it to eat you yeah big trees don't trust them Big trees, don't trust a man. That's right.
0: (laughs) Cut down the redwoods. No, I'm kidding. While mom and dad are rescuing Robbie, Carol Ann is sucked into a portal that appears in her closet. And that's horrifying. Super freaky. Maybe
1: my favorite little bit, yeah, like terrifying bit of the movie. Mm -hmm.
0: Looks so good. The Freelings don't know what to do. They can't find Carol Ann. And they realize that something supernatural is going on when they hear her voice coming from the TV set when it's tuned to static.
1: Iconic. Yes. This is the iconic. Uh, no, 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 Yeah. <laughs> the Phil Collins oh, in the air tonight noise. Yeah. Uh, that is made fun of so well on Family Guy. <laughs> their,
0: their Poltergeist episode is fantastic. It's
1: one of my favorite standalone episodes of Family Guy. Um, <laughs> it's one of the only ones that I can really point out. Definitely go check that out if, you, <laughs> if you're if you a fan of Seth uh, MacFarlane. Oh, yes.
0: So, a group of parapsychologists, kind of like a precursor to the Ghostbusters, Dr. Lesh, Ryan, and Marty, they go to the Freeling House to investigate, and they determine that this is a poltergeist. And it's funny because they're like, we once saw a race car move across, or a toy car move across a uh, floor. It took eight hours. Then they open the door, and everything's fucking flying around. Uh. Like, they've never seen anything like this
1: before, and it freaks them out. <laughs> Like, well, we've seen stuff move a little bit, but <laughs> Yeah. It's awesome. Uh this is a like choreograph though. This is
0: like a yeah, so cool. <laughs> so they're, you know, shaking, they're drinking tea, and that's when they say, This is a poltergeist, but there might be more than one ghost here. This there are spirits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. And Stephen finds out when he's talking to his boss, that Cuesta Verde, the neighborhood, is built where there used to be a cemetery. But ah. they but they moved the cemetery, so it's all okay.
1: Yeah. Sure.
0: So they send Dana and Robbie out of there. They send them away. And Dr. Lesh calls in uh, Tangina, a spiritual medium. And she says, the ghosts here are lingering in a different sphere of consciousness, and they're not at rest. They're angry. And that's why they took Carol Ann. They want to be be heard.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And she also refers to a dark presence known as the Beast. Ugh. And she says, uh, the Beast has Carol Ann. And, I mean, that's just a frightening idea. <laughs> that not only the beast. are there ghosts in your house, there is a demonic entity that the ghosts are afraid of that has your daughter. You're call- that you're calling the Beast. Yeah. Oh, my God. He knows what scares you. It's known so, from the very beginning. So frightening. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I know. It's tough. It's Yeah, I can't do that. She sounds like she's, you know, sucked up a balloon. Yeah, yeah, It's crazy. All the helium. Yeah. Helium. <laughs> helium. <laughs> so they learn that the entrance to the dimension is through the bedroom closet. And the exit is the living room ceiling. So they try to figure out a way to rescue Carol Ann. So Diana's tied to a rope. <clears throat> and she goes into the other world. And this is creepy. Because she comes back dead, almost. Like, she goes in, she gets Carol Ann, and they both drop to the floor, they're covered in ectoplasm, and they look dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go into a bathtub, and they are brought back to life somehow, by the power of love, or whatever. And they're recovering a Tangina, or Tangina says... (laughs) Tangina. I can't tell. (laughs) I've been trying not to say that this whole time. But fuck it, it's out of the bag. Yeah, no, Is it
1: Tangina or Tangina? I I don't know, but Tangina sounds a lot funnier. What did they say in the movie? I, I, can't, I can't... I don't Did know. they ever say her name in the movie? Maybe not. Maybe not. I feel like we'd, we'd remember, right?
0: We would have, yeah. Well, Tangina... All right, it's Tangina now. So, <laughs> we're making that decision right now. <laughs> she proclaims, this house is clean. And she doesn't fucking know shit. I know yeah, just yeah. from that statement that she's, she doesn't know anything. Because they immediately are like, all right, we're moving. So, they start, you know, they're they got calling a truck, they're moving out. And on their last night in the house, Steven leaves to the office to go quit <laughs> and Dana is on a date so it's Diane, Robbie, and Carol Ann are alone in the house and the beast is not done with Carol Ann. Oh no. It ambushes them trying to get Carol Ann but it also restrains Robbie and Diane and this is where you get the, what many consider to be the scariest scene in the movie, the clown doll.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it is creepy as fuck. So Robbie has this clown doll in his bedroom why I don't know why, why? he has this doll it's like a eight, it's like a six foot toy of a clown And it's not fun why all. would you ever have that but it's sitting in a chair in his bedroom and he looks over like, at the wall he looks back and it's not in the chair <laughs> already you know
1: classic oh freak the fuck freak, out yeah. chills
0: man and she's he's looking around for it and you're like it's gonna fucking pop up when is it gonna pop up he looks under the bed, it's not there, camera pans up, it's fucking behind him, and it starts strangling him. <laughs> Ew, and the thing's got like this creepy, evil grimace. Yeah, it's great. Diane is attacked by something that hurls her up the wall, tries to throw her out, the, out of the ceiling. That part is great too, yeah. yeah. And she ends up in the backyard looking for help, and she gets dragged into the pool, and skeletons start popping out of the ground and it's, it's just
1: it's like hell it's just unleashed on this
0: house yeah. and meanwhile Carolyn and Robbie are, are being you know uh, sucked into this portal again so she rescues the kids starts to escape you know out get to the car coffins are just shooting out of the ground everywhere and she doesn't know what the fuck's going on so uh, Stephen and Dana end up coming home and uh, Steven's boss is there for some reason I don't remember why but he realizes that they moved the headstones when they moved the cemetery. They didn't move the bodies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ugh! This whole neighborhood is built on a giant burial ground. And that would piss off a lot of dead dead people. Ah, uh, hell yeah. <clears throat> so, the Freelings get the fuck out of Dodge, and the house implodes into a portal, which is an insane effect. I don't know how they did that, but it still looks really good. Mm-hmm. And other people, the neighbors are watching now. This got attention, so they just watch the house get sucked into a hole. How do you process that? You can't. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. The family is just beat. They're out of it. They go to a Motel Six or something, and Stephen rolls the TV out on, out onto the balcony. Yeah, like, yeah. We're not not in here. And that's that's Poltergeist. It's great. Oh, it's fantastic. Wonderful ending. <laughs> I love it. It's just so, you know, it feels like they won, but they also lost
1: big time. Because they just got to carry this horrible, horrible thing forever. Yeah. TV. TV. It's ruined forever. TV, man. I'm, I, they're never going to look at trees
0: again. They're never going to look at clowns Clown. again. Well, I,
1: yeah, they shouldn't have been looking at clowns in the first place. <laughs> but you true. Know.
0: I mean, a cemetery is never going to be the same. Like, their whole lives are going to be fucked up forever. Yeah, yeah. And you get that feeling when they're all going to the motel not a word spoken they're all just like oh man it's yeah I mean at least they're all together at least there were no casualties yeah Yeah. but so many creepy moments close though Jeez. so that's the film but that is not the end of the story no surrounding the poltergeist franchise is the supposed poltergeist curse and there's enough dark shit that happened around this film to justify a curse first off there was the horrific deaths of Dominique Dunn and Heather O'Rourke Dunn was murdered in 1982 by her psychotic ex-boyfriend, John Sweeney. After breaking it off, Sweeney returned and strangled her. He was sentenced to six and a half years for voluntary manslaughter, but he was released after three and a half years, and I can't fucking believe that. This is a clear-cut case of murder. Yeah, I did a little research, and it's not, yeah, it's, it's insane, man. <laughs> he tried to resume his life, but Dominique's brother Griffin, as well as her father Dominic, kept tabs on him, and did whatever they could to ruin his life by getting him fired or breaking up his relationships. And I can't... I'm surprised they didn't kill him. hmm Sweeney later changed his name and fled. Oh, God. Dominique Dunn was only 22 years old. Whew.
1: Horrific. She's so crazy, man. Yeah.
0: Secondly, Heather O'Rourke died in 1988 at age 12 of a tragic misdiagnosis. After being diagnosed with Crohn's disease, she fell ill again the next year, and her symptoms were shrugged off as a flu. A day later, she suffered cardiac arrest and was airlifted to a San Diego Children's Hospital. She died on the operating table during an operation to correct bowel obstruction, and it was later discovered she was suffering from a congenital intestinal defect. Yeah. Again, she was only 12.
1: 12 years old. Horrific.
0: I can't imagine. Oh, absolutely devastating. And another thing, the pool sequence, where the skeletons rise from the ground, those were real skeletons. Not props. They used real human remains, because it was cheaper than I'm making not, rubber skeletons. I'm not surprised. What the fuck? That's the kind of shit that caused the curse in the film. Mm-hmm.
1: And who's to say it didn't make something happen in real life? Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know. It doesn't surprise me, though, man. Oh, that's fucked up. Steven Spielberg, young Spielberg's like, "Hey guys, let's be cost effective here. Yeah, let's make sure. God. <laughs> let's make sure we get this uh, as best we can." <laughs> oh I can't my that. god, so crazy! I would have thought he'd know better. Or maybe day. he did, he just didn't, he didn't give a fuck. fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> the sake
0: of the film. <laughs> On the set of the first sequel, actor Will Sampson, who also died undergoing a heart and lung transplant after filming the movie. Performed a real exorcism on set after shooting had wrapped. Don't really know why, but you no, know, just more creepy shit on the cake here. Yeah. So that's the curse. Believe what you want. I just think it's tragic that we lost Dunn and O'Rourke so young to such tragic
1: circumstances. Yeah, it's devastating. Absolutely sucks. I'm sure. I'm really sure uh, O'Rourke had a long, long, long career ahead of her in the horror genre. So
0: yeah, and. It was so avoidable. It was a misdiagnosis. Yep. It's <sighs> fucked up. It sucks. Horr- horrifying, really. So sad. There were two sequels, a TV spin-off and a remake that came from Poltergeist. The first sequel, 1986's Poltergeist II, The Other Side, brought back most of the original cast, apart from Dominique Dunn, of course. The Freeling family has moved into a new house, but the spirits are still after Carol Ann. The spirits take the form of the ghostly Reverend Kane, and the collective ghosts all try to get Carol Ann once again. It has an IMDb score of 5.7, and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 37%. Horror
1: sequels in the 70s and 80s just did not work. Yeah, it seems to be a reoccurring thing, but they were, like, trying to capitalize on these really good ideas and keep making things, and, like, making these grand, epic, you know, stories, and just, yeah, it didn't seem to work too often past, past the first one, so insane. I don't know why. Sucks. It gets even worse here for Poltergeist later on. Oh,
0: yeah. Next was 1988's Poltergeist 3, which saw only the return of Heather O'Rourke and Zelda Rubinstein, but brought into the franchise Tom Skerritt, Nancy Allen, and Lara Flynn Boyle. This time, Carol Ann is staying in a high-rise apartment building with her aunt, and the spirits return yet again to claim her. So it's not the location, it's the girl. As an IAB score of 4.7, and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 18%. So, Take what you will from that. (laughs) I'm going to watch them eventually, but I'm in no hurry.
1: One day, yeah.
0: The TV show Poltergeist The Legacy ran on Showtime from 96 to 99 for four seasons and features a group of ghost hunters who try to protect people from supernatural dangers. It has no connection to the film franchise beyond the title. Which pisses me off.
1: Yeah, classic. What a
0: waste of time.
1: Good job, Showtime.
0: Finally... The film was remade in 2015 with Sam Rockwell, Rosemarie DeWitt, and Jared Harris, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> it's the same story, only now the TV is a flat screen, and the investigators send surveillance drones into the other side. IMDb score 4.9, Rotten Tomatoes score 31. percent I give it a five. This was so bad it pissed me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, rightly really so. Sucks that Sam Rockwell was in that and Jared Harris. Yeah, like we they could f- both do better. Really frustrating.
0: I saw this the same weekend. We directed as- that.
1: Who fucking knows? I'm gonna look it up real quick just so we can make fun of him.
0: <laughs> I saw this the same weekend as Mad Max Fury Road. Oh my god, what a... I
1: know. Huge difference.
0: And there were assholes talking behind me the whole time. So just to cap it off. Gil Keenan. What else did he do? Anything?
1: Monster House. Oh, I like that. City of Ember. That's it. Yep. This probably killed his career. Cool, yeah. It hasn't really done anything <laughs> since. So, Yep. Literally. Literally has not done anything since. Good. This was terrible. It's almost been five years, yeah.
0: You don't remake... <coughs> I've said this before, but they always, they always remake the good movies. Yeah. They should take the shit they got wrong and try it out again.
1: Yes. Yes. Like we did with It.
0: Yeah. Man. Like, I'm all for, like, just off the top of my head, Cujo.
1: Yes. That's a great example. Remake
0: that. But remake it the right way, not the way that it looks like they're going to do it, where Kujo mm-hmm. is like some kind of government operation. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's for another time.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm with you, though, man. I'm with you.
0: <laughs> it's just... It, it's annoying. Let's go into some filmgasm facts on Poltergeist. Number one. When Robbie is being strangled, the clown's arms became extremely tight, and Robbins, the actor, started to choke. When he screamed out, I can't breathe... Director Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper thought that the boy was ad-libbing, and just told him to look at the camera. When Spielberg saw Robin's face turning purple, he ran over and removed the clown's arms from his neck. They thought he was just a really, really
1: good actor. So, Jeez. kid could have died. Steven was like, "No, just let let's let it let it run for a second. Yeah.
0: God, let's see what he does here." <laughs> something similar happened on the set of Back to the Future Three. Uh, Michael J. Fox was almost hanged for real during a hanging scene. God. They had misjudged the, like, his mark or something, and he was... Mm. The scene in the movie is him being strangled. That's insane. They just thought he was really, really good at acting strangled. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. Number two, the clown puppet used in the film is on display in Planet Hollywood in Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. That's great. <laughs> that is cool. I hope it stays there. <laughs> hope no one ever, like, is, you know, locking the place up and they look over and it's not in the fucking case. <laughs> Number three, the word poltergeist is German for noisy ghost. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I always thought if you could see poltergeists, they would not be scary at all, because they would just be some asshole ripping everything off your shelves, knocking yeah. your shit over. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm gonna knock your, gonna knock your, uh, knock your, uh, pops over here, man. I see yeah. what you do about that. <laughs>
0: I think I always thought that if you could see ghosts like the fear goes away big time because they're just sure. like an asshole roommate you can see through who just mm-hmm. fucks with you the whole He's time He's like drunk yeah yeah,
1: and you just yeah. Knock shit over. <laughs> ah, I don't like this in her yeah. you're
0: just watching TV just keeps turning it off what the fuck dude <laughs> ugh oh, number geez. four the dog's name E-Buzz is from a skit on the original Saturday Night Live with Dan Aykroyd who was friends with Spielberg they worked together a couple times and he was an art
1: critic named E. Buzz Miller. I've never seen this sketch. I have. I e. Buzz had Miller? no idea that this was, yeah, this was connected in any way. That's fantastic. <laughs> love Dan Arkroyd. Oh, yeah. Recently watched Tommy Boy. <laughs> Zelensky, Zelensky, the auto parts the king. auto parts king. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a nice guy.
0: <laughs> God, I love that. I love that Chicago. <laughs> that Chicago. Oh, <laughs> uh, was <laughs> Oh, I want the goddamn box! Like just oh, it's
1: great. Oh, your, your hands move awfully fast. And only, only when they it's see so what they want. <laughs> it's so good. Ackroyd's the master. Yeah. Get get, 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 get him a bag of ice. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ, Tommy boy, Tommy, 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 Tommy. Wonderful film. It, it, yes. a film. Tommy in boys its the finest. greatest. Yeah. Tommy Boy's a great movie. It's fantastic.
0: (laughs) Number five, the sound effect for the beast that attacks the house at the end of the movie is the source for the current MGM lion roar. Ah. Yeah. How about that? MGM films, you know, the lion. That's the noise. Pretty cool. I just replicated it to a fucking T. Oh, yeah. If you were listening. I thought there was a lion in the room right now. I almost almost ran for it. (laughs)
1: We're going to run like lions, tigers, and bears. Uh, smoke this crack with me, man. <laughs> if you're ever running
0: from a lion or bear or something, make sure you have a buddy so you can trip them and get the fuck out of there faster.
1: <laughs>
0: Use them as bait. Speaking of which, you want to go camping next week? <laughs> I can't. Oh, jeez. So that's Poltergeist. A creepy 80s masterpiece that gets a 9 for me. <clears throat> I adore this movie.
1: Yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. Yeah, but stellar. Stellar stuff. I'm really glad I bought it, too, so I can keep rewatching it.
0: Creeps me out more every time I watch it.
1: Yeah, definitely can see how that has that effect. Oh, yeah. And uh, before we get
0: into our This Week in Film segment, I believe Caleb Leger, one of our uh, teammates, has something he'd like to say about Poltergeist. So let's see what his thoughts are on this. A lot more credit needs to be given to director Toby Hooper. After releasing The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he found very little success in the following years. Once he landed the gig to direct 1982's Poltergeist, it seemed like he was finally going to get his big break. Plus, he had Steven Spielberg writing and producing. But alas, it was not meant to be. Rumors spread about how Spielberg was the one actually directing instead of Hooper. Rumors which Spielberg didn't exactly go out of his way to deny. Also, there was the well-documented Poltergeist curse. Nonetheless, the film would go on to become a horror classic. Sadly, Toby Hooper would still not get the recognition he so rightly deserved, something which would allude all the way to his unfortunate passing. Much like the MCU now, Spielberg definitely had a brand with how his movies from the 80s played out. Poltergeist is no different in its opening minutes. Suburban, middle-class family going about their daily lives when weird occurrences begin to happen. In these opening minutes, we get a feel for who these people are and how they operate as a family. Yeah. For example, the scene when the parents are smoking weed in bed. This isn't meant to shock, but instead it humanizes the parents and gives us characters we can both relate to and root for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And once the scary stuff does start to happen, Poltergeist doesn't hold back. At least at a time when there was no PG-13 rating, it was common for studios to push the boundaries of the PG rating. Poltergeist... pushed the boundaries. <laughs> you can fucking say that, yeah. If I'm talking probably... about drawing a line in the sand, dude. <laughs> this slide. You do not! <laughs> um, but it is weird that in the 80s really it was just like no tits, no R. That's all it was. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted, but if there was nudity, you got an R. Yeah. That was it. Or like fuck over and over. Yeah. 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 But dude ripping his face off? No, PG, fine.
1: Yeah. Teeth going into a guy who's yeah, battling a shark in the middle of the water? Yeah, no, it's PG.
0: The severed head scene alone should have been an R.
1: Ugh. Anyway. Oh, man.
0: Uh... It was common for studios to push the boundaries of the PG rated. Poltergeist is no exception. Specifically, a scene in which one of the male characters hallucinates ripping apart his own face—it's yes, yeah. bloody, graphic, and never looks away. That's just one scene. Let's not forget the tree attacking the sun, the scary toy clown, and the use of real skeletons in the climactic pool scene. So, even though this may be PG, maybe not. Maybe not let you know. Don't let easily scared young children watch this one. I agree, big yeah, time.
1: Yeah, I, yeah.
0: PG now does not mean the same as PG in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 oh, no, no, man. no, no.
1: <laughs> I, 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 haven't seen some like Poltergeist. Yeah, like like Caleb saying, "Fucking goes for it."
0: Yeah. Man. Um,
1: you know, we, I think it chapter two went for it pretty hard, uh, but you don't see that a lot where it's like all out. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't it chapter two rated R? Oh, it was it was? It wasn't PG thirteen. It was no. R. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I thought it was PG thirteen. Dude, all
0: of Bill Hader's fucks? Yeah, that guy you're right. Like,
1: Duh. Yeah. <laughs> but I get what <laughs> you're trying <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought it was PG thirteen. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Mama would be a better. Yeah. That. There you go. Well, yeah. 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 Mom is.
0: Yeah. Same director too. Yeah. So now the Poltergeist curse, like some other classic horror films dealing with the paranormal, tragedy, and strange phenomena, plagued the cast and crew during production. Several freak accidents and unfortunate deaths also caused the film's production to be shut down on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. Even with all the issues surrounding the making of this film, it would end up paying off. A big hit upon release, and now a classic of the genre, Poltergeist is yet another reminder of the genius which was Toby Hooper. While it was followed by two sequels and an extremely lackluster remake, nothing could match the magic of the original. Now if you'll excuse me, I need to get rid of my TV and make sure my apartment complex wasn't built over an Indian burial ground. (laughs) 8 out of 10 I agree Caleb uh, on all parts except one I don't think Toby Hooper was as involved as you think okay, he was go
1: back to what he wrote Kenny real quick yeah, sure. because I think he agrees with us he wrote right here like go up, scroll up a little bit he writes much like the MCU now Spielberg definitely had a brand with his movies from the 80s So he's admitting that this (laughs) isn't... True, but then he
0: says a lot more (laughs) credit needs to be given to directors. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's... I agree with... It's hard. It's hard. But there's, like, not even a doubt. Um, I I cannot recall what it's called. There's, like, a little documentary on YouTube about... And it, like, shows footage. Like, who... who, Toby wasn't there, man. He wasn't there. There's people on set who were like, dude, he was nowhere to be seen. If we had a question, we were asking Steven. Yeah. So it was his show. It was Steven's show. And it's... And in my opinion, you don't really need to know what was happening on set. It's just watch the film. You can see this is a Spielberg film, you know, yeah. like, through and through. Um, Steven was the man behind the curtain. Yeah, it's really tough because yeah, because Toby's he passed away, so it's hard. You want to give him his credit, but it, ah.
0: and I will give him all the credit for the Texas Chainsaw
1: Massacre. It, exactly. But with this one, exactly. I
0: think that this was Spielberg's game. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but you know, let's agree to disagree. Teach his own. Yeah, I, ju- I just think that, I think the the. The uh, information yeah. and the, the evidence is there, yeah. That it was Spielberg, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I, earlier I mentioned something about an E.T. bonus. We love doing the bonus episodes. Hell, I guess. It's a blast for us. Anything to give you guys more weekly content. Our new plan is to have the bonuses tie into the weekly episode somehow. For example. Yeah. This week's bonus will be E.T. because it has a connection to
1: Poltergeist. <clears throat> they were part of the same movie, got split into two different scripts. And E.T. is, in fact, Steven Spielberg, and it's also from the same year, so it's going to be a very fun bonus for you guys to kind of capitalize on the Poltergeist stuff. And you can expect these connected bonuses on
0: Fridays. And we're still going to do bonus episodes on the current releases, but those could pop up at
1: any moment. Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah, that could be any time. It's a secret film, guys. I'm waiting to get you. Yeah. Just know that you can can stay comforted that uh, every Wednesday you'll be getting your fill. Oh, yeah. You'll just be getting more now. Oh, yeah. Minimum one per week. Minimum, maximum three. Yeah. That's going to be fun, isn't it? And who doesn't want, you know, three filmgasms in one week? I do.
0: I mean, that just sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, I'd love to have one a day, except for Sunday, because I go to church on Sundays. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) That's the Lord's Day. That is the Sabbath, and I do listen to Black Sabbath on that day. That's my day. That's my day to listen to metal, so... So you guys can look forward to more content in the for sure. Future. Yeah. Point point being, we get we get more freedom to, um, say there's an actor we both love or a movie that they're in that's connected in some way to you know a film. We're, we're going to talk about it because it gives us an opportunity to talk about it and yeah. share with you what we love about it
0: and so. branch out a little bit into some non horror stuff.
1: Yes, which could be fun for just, sure. You
0: know, we love not, not just horror but all genres. Yeah,
1: I mean we got to dig into you know get to dig into something like E. T. That's yeah. going to be really fun because we, you know, this is it's more of like a, a family, a kid's movie. Um, one of Spielberg's, you know, one of the ones that's looked at his best. So it's going to be a lot of fun for for you guys to hear that.
0: Very much so. So, what happened this week in film? Oh boy. Let's find out. It was announced that Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum are all returning for Jurassic World 3. Hmm... Uh. Are you excited, or are you concerned? Very concerned. Okay, I thought so.
1: Heavily concerned. <laughs> I wouldn't be if I didn't like... I, I really don't like these recent Chris Pratt ones. I Yeah. I think they're pretty bad. I think they're cool on your first viewing,
0: but they are forgettable as hell. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's fine. They're entertaining. I'm not yeah. saying that they look wonderful. Um, nothing against any individual, like, Chris Pratt or anything. I just think, altogether, just, they don't do it for me.
0: I think Chris Pratt is the problem, frankly.
1: Really? Yeah. Why do you think that? Because he is...
0: Always playing, he's he's playing Star Lord, yeah, all
1: the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm am quite honestly, I'm quite tired of him. Um, <laughs> I am too. I think he's pretty one note. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm, I, he's not bad. I'm sure he's a great dude, but I want like a break, like a year, <laughs> just <laughs> some time just, to like, unwind. Do what Jennifer Lawrence is doing. Take take a break.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, to see these guys back, I know is going to bring. A whole new wave of nostalgia to the movie, and if and Colin Trevorrow is returning to direct too, so I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna remain optimistic. I, I'm gonna see it, probably yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Like you said, you know, Neil Dern Goldblum is like, to me, one of the coolest trifectas in any movie of all time. So, only Attenborough is still here. I yeah yeah. I know, man. God bless. I mean, yeah, you know we. Park is, you know, Trust Park is one of the coolest movies to ever be made. You can clearly see with this
0: cast that they have spared no expense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true, very true. Oh, god, that is exciting. It's just, I'm just heavily concerned because of how other things have panned out. I recently. get you. It
0: doesn't. It feels like a cash grab way to
1: save face. I, I agree with that. Yeah, because they, yeah, they have not gotten the approval from a lot of fans for these ones that have come out. In but the they've past been years. financially very successful. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, yeah, but yeah, that that franchise will never die No, oh, no dinosaurs dinosaurs they, 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 Steven Spielberg knows how to beat people to it you know what I mean <laughs> oh yeah he's like I'm gonna do that before everybody else does and make it mine <laughs> anyone else is gonna be copying me <laughs> next up Kevin Feige Marvel's movie magician
0: has been put in charge of helming a new Star Wars series. Thank God!
1: Like, very excited. Finally, about that. yeah, finally.
0: This is a guy, the only producer ever in the history of film who has listened to the fans mm-hmm. and worked his plan in like to fit in what the fans want. Yes. And I love that. Yes, Feige is the man to helm Star Wars, and that's going
1: to be fantastic. I agree.
0: I agree. Imagine what we're going to get with
1: that. Yeah. If, so, if someone's going to do it, if someone's going to yeah try to. Star Wars doesn't need any saving, but it certainly could get better in quality after these past couple that have come out. I think the quality could raise to a a new level, and I think Feige's going to be the one who does it. (laughs) It's great. It's great news.
0: I'd like to see something that's not Skywalker.
1: I mean, I like that story, but... Oh, yeah, of course. It's classic, but this is a giant universe and we've that never endless, touched anything endless possibilities yeah. yeah I've always thought that I'm like why are we interested in this
0: still <laughs> it's taken 40 There's years so much, to do something yeah. like the Mandalorian which is giving us you know a little something different mm-hmm. and I think Feige you know his track record speaks for itself yeah, so, yeah I mean my god Genius. What, you know, anything could happen prequels sequels mm-hmm. you know, Boba Fett's story I don't know just off the top of my head who knows next up Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds are remaking Clue, with Bateman set to direct. What do you
1: think about that? I'm super excited because <laughs> of those two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and 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 Bateman's kind of kind of in this in this zone that I don't think anybody ever thought he could get to. He just he just won an Emmy for directing a fucking TV show. <laughs> Even he thought he wasn't going to win. I love it. No, that. no, he had no idea. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think Bateman is kind of this guy who's who's had his hand in a lot of different things, and and this this could be this could be big. I think uh, Cl- Clue is a movie that is so much fun. We I think we're both big fans. Yeah. Um, I I think Bateman is the right guy if there's going to be somebody. And then Ryan Reynolds, are you kidding me? That guy could play any fucking anyone. <laughs> and I'm all in. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> Colonel Mustard though. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, Mister Green. Okay. Okay. The the gay guy,
0: go I with, didn't do it. Go with,
1: go with Green Lantern. Yeah, just kind of keep playing off that. Well, just,
0: I feel like he could play a like a closeted homosexual. Oh, for sure. If they're gonna go the you know Cold War. thing. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. We'll see. We'll see. But I,
1: I think know. it's probably gonna end up being fucking hilarious. I think, yeah, think bateman has got some traps. So
0: I wonder if Bateman will also star. Maybe he's Wadsworth. We'll see.
1: We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to see who else is gonna. Yeah, that cast, you know? Oh, you already man. got those two in there? Yeah, it's a good mix. It's be fun.
0: <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Next up, Bumblebee director Travis Knight
0: will direct the Uncharted movie, starring Tom Holland as video game character Nathan Drake. And I don't like that at all.
1: Wait, Bumblebee? What's that?
0: That Transformers movie that was like. That already happened? Off. Yeah, like two years ago.
1: <laughs> I think. I thought it was a. I thought that was an idea. I didn't know that happened yet,
0: yeah, that's been out on d v d for a long time. It came out like last christmas
1: um wow, <laughs> damn, wow, I feel like I lived like i'm live under a rock or something
0: <laughs> I didn't see it, but i I, knew I thought it was like it. an i don't
1: know I don't know what I thought i just didn't know it was it just confused me. <laughs> Well, the guy who made that is doing Uncharted.
0: <laughs> With Tom Holland, yeah. And I don't like that. I think Tom Holland's a bad choice for Nathan Drake. I,
1: I, I didn't play that game. Well,
0: um, Nathan Drake's about 20 years older than that. I was going to
1: say, yeah, but but I have friends who played it. Yeah. I thought he was like in his 40s, yeah. It's a
0: fun game. It really is. Yeah. Cool series, great story, fun gameplay. But I don't see Tom Holland playing that role. I like Tom, Tom Holland. Holland, too. I see somebody more like... Uh, Charlie Hunnam, maybe? Yeah, yeah, there you go. her age. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, whatever. I'm sure it'll be shitty. It's a video game movie. They can't win. <laughs> next up, the trailer for DC's next film, Birds of Prey, was released today. Margot Robbie is reprising her role as Harley Quinn, and she joins Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, Journey Smollett-Bell as Black Canary, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. I want to like it, but it looks pretty
1: average. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like I want to be that guy who's like, "This is gonna be sick," but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. Should we? Yeah, I mean, should we? Her
0: intro movie, like Suicide Squad, did nothing to make me care for this character. Mm-hmm. So why should I care exactly. about this? And I just, I think they're marketing. They're 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 betting too much on Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like, there's so many epic DC characters, so many epic DC female characters that you don't need to bank everything on Harley Quinn.
1: Yeah, I there's know. been
0: no press on any of the other characters. Huntress, Black Canary, like, all, very interesting characters. Black Mask, I'm excited oh, Black, to see. Black
1: Canary, one of my favorite characters on um, uh, Injustice to play us. Oh, yeah. So much fun. It's a fun game. No, it's a great game.
0: <laughs> I want that story as a movie
1: fuck yeah evil superman fuck yes and that scarecrow oh man the (laughs) scarecrow in the game is so scary it's great good video game I don't play a lot of video games so that's a good one (laughs) so I don't know I bet it's gonna flop and yeah most likely I mean I don't know it's a random group of people though huh yeah yeah Ewan McGregor as a black mask Rosie Perez (laughs) it's great I'll see it, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm gonna see it. it. Depends it's what's going on with my life at the I time. I have
0: to. It's a comic movie. It's part of the geek contract I signed when I was 12.
1: <laughs> when I gave my soul to yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <it's... laughs> we laugh, but it's yeah, It's, it's the pretty truth. truth, yeah. Uh, finally, I the... I have to see that! <laughs> the biggest news of this week, Marvel and Sony have reached a deal to keep Spider-Man in the MCU for Aww. at least one more movie. Did you guys make up? Aww. So we're going to get closure on that massive cliffhanger at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Great? Yeah. Yeah, need, finally. I'm t- I don't like the way Sony announced it. Like, oh, we wanted to... We, we've always wanted this. We, we're glad that the fans... Like, just shut the fuck up. Just say yeah. what you wanted. Like, yeah. You're getting money. Marvel's getting money. So you're getting another movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy it's going to work out like that, but...
1: Shut, shut the fuck up Yeah Especially uh, you're, uh, you're not Who are you lying to Who are you trying to lie to Like When when People like Connor and I Are reading online About this kind of stuff Or just fans in general We're fucking adults Like we know what's going on We know it's all about money We're not fucking stupid yeah. I'm not eight I know a lot of the kids That are coming to see your movies are, are eight But Yeah Fucking be honest Be honest about what's really going on Don't Don't do that like well, We, we just wanted to make the movie all along It's like No you didn't <laughs> If you had, you wouldn't have taken it away if, in the first place. It, it, yeah, if the, yeah, it would, I don't know. It's really oh. frustrating, man. Yeah. So much greed up at the top. I'm, I'm happy we're getting another movie. Yeah,
0: thank the Lord. As yeah. long as we get a like, closure, he can leave with closure with dignity. Yeah, I'm okay with
1: that. No, now I'm like, be safe, make this a good movie, end it, and like, look, can we fucking be done? So you guys don't have to, you know, Dragon's have to deal eyes. with this at, as fans. It's stressful. It is. It's annoying. It's, it's really frustrating. And that is all for this week, listeners. Oh yeah! We hope you liked our thoughts on Poltergeist.
0: As always, you can leave comments, suggestions, or reviews on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Be sure to get back to you. And we will see you Friday for the E.T. bonus episode. And next week, we're back in Stephen King mode with one of his lesser efforts, 1986's Maximum Overdrive, the only film that King directed himself based off his short story Trucks that appeared in his collection Night Shift. Revolves around a group of people at a truck stop that struggle to survive after the trucks come to life and try to kill them. It also has an original soundtrack by ACDC, so I'm ready for a wild fucking ride. Hell yes. Until then, never move into a house that was built on a burial ground, and get the fuck out of the house if something starts stacking the chairs. <laughs>